Good evening to our third week of the ministry, Believer's Ministry Training. And we have Pastor Jim with us to do the teaching tonight. So Father, I thank you for, for this session. And we just give our hearts and our minds to you. We thank you for this season of teaching us how to win the lost. We ask that tonight that you would give us your heart for your people, give us uh, strategies to reach those in our world that don't know you. We're excited to be partnering with you for this great end time harvest. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor Jim. Okay. Thank you, Pastor Jules. Well, it's certainly a, uh, a privilege to be with you again, and uh, this is our third lesson last week. Uh, we looked at God's passion and God's passion for the lost and for souls. And uh, we asked you to put a list together of everybody in your world that is not saved. And I trust you've done that. If you haven't, well, I'd encourage you to do so because we want you to have a track to run on. And uh, tonight we're going to be looking at uh, this third lesson is entitled The Gospel Defined. And uh, you might like to open your Bibles, if you have them there with you, to Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. And the Apostle Paul makes this statement. He said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek so we find out here that there are certain things that people need to know to get saved. You know, some uh, popular approaches to evangelism encourages to tell people, you know, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And uh, while that's definitely true, uh, that's not enough to get people saved. Uh, we had, uh, when we, many years ago, we had a lady in our church and uh, she, was, she was bold, she would go down the street and she would talk to people and, and she would tell them about God and that God loved them. We said, do you ever get anyone saved? She said, no, I've never got anyone saved. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's sad because we asked her, why uh, didn't you get someone saved? And she gave the answer that I've shared with you in our first lesson. She said, I don't know how. And so what we want to do uh, in this uh, teaching today is give you some fundamental keys on how to get somebody in your world saved. Now, I shared with you in a previous lesson, uh, you know, that if we're just going to rely on the one area of inviting people to church, there's a lot of people that won't come to church. And so how are we going to get them saved? You know, uh, T.L. Osborne, he was a, a man, he's gone to be with the Lord now, and he used to do tremendous crusades in Africa. And he made this statement, if I'm in a nation, there's 20 million people in that nation. Maybe half a million will come to the crusade. And, and maybe tens of thousands of people will get saved. He said, who's going to reach the rest of the nation that wouldn't come to the crusade? And he made this statement. He said, that will be the role of believers to go share the gospel with people in their world. And, and so I want to encourage us today that if we're going to see a great harvest of souls, 
then we're going to have to have some tools rather than just telling people that God loves them. And thank God he does. But we'll need to know uh, how to get people saved and what is necessary to do that. So one of the things that we need to do is that we need to share the gospel. Well, we need to know what are the essentials for getting people saved. You know, the Apostle Paul made this incredible statement. He said that he's not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? Because it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. So we need to see here that the gospel has within it the power to transform lives and to bring people into the kingdom of God. So let's just look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and uh, we want to look at verses 1 to 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verses 1 to 5 because here Paul defines the basic elements of the gospel in his writing here to the church at Corinth. So let's just look at this in uh, verse 1. It says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which you were also saved. If you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain, for I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the Scripture, and that he was seen by Caiaphas, then by the Twelve. So here Paul is telling the church at Corinth there were certain things that you heard that brought you to salvation. And so we need to see here the basics of the gospel to get people saved is number one, they need to know that Jesus died for their sins. Number two, that he was buried. And number three, that he rose again. In other words, for people to get saved, the minimum they must believe in is the death, burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So just telling them that God loves them is not enough to get them saved. They need to hear the gospel. Now, I just want to encourage you because remember we're training believers. And, uh, you know, one of the things I want to encourage you is that uh, when you go to share the gospel, we're not there to argue God. We're not there to preach to people. We're not there to answer all their questions. Uh, you know, one of the things that puts believers off wanting to share the gospel, well, uh, I, I don't know all the answers. Well, I've got some news for you. Uh, none of us have all the answers. Pastors don't have all the answers. I don't have the answers. So I encourage people when you're talking to someone about the Lord that you want to just share the gospel. And we're going to show you how to do that in a moment. And one of the things that I like to share with people, don't get into an argument with people about God. If they want to argue, don't argue back. Step back and always leave love behind. And the reason why I say that is because, and we'll share some stuff with you here, is that you're not the only one in God's kingdom. God can use somebody else, but you don't want to muddy up the waters for the next person. So leave love behind so that somebody else can come in and, and share the gospel and bring them into salvation. 
because sometimes it'll take more than one person, uh, but it's a way that we approach people that's going to make a big difference for their receiving their salvation. So what we want to do, you know, when we're sharing the gospel, we want to help connect the dots so that people have an understanding of how God loves them and God values them, that he sent his son Jesus who died for their sins and he was buried and that he rose again. So what we want to be able to share with people is that it's by grace that we're saved. And it's not by works. You know, we, 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 you know, people don't get saved because they're a good person. You know, sometimes people say, well, I'm just not good enough. Well, good enough has nothing to do with it. Uh, I was uh, reading a book. I think I may have shared this in, in one of my preachings here, but I was reading a book on a plane one day, and, and it was about this group that would go down to the, uh, to the shopping mall, and uh, they would just ask the Holy Spirit to show them people to go up and, and minister to and to share the gospel. And so they were talking to this lady, and, uh, and they prayed for her. And, uh, and, and as they walked away, the Spirit of God said, wait a minute, her husband needs prayer for healing. And so they turned around, and there was the husband there. And, uh, and so they, they said to him, do you need anything? And he said, no, no, I don't need anything. And the wife said, yes, you do. Your back is crook, and you're always complaining, and you're in pain now. And, and so they said, well, let us pray for you. Well, this guy was smoking a cigar, and he tried to bury the cigar. And they said, just hang on. God already knew you'd be smoking a cigar when he told us to come and speak to you. So we need to see that it's not how good a person is or whether they go to church or belong to any religious group that causes them to be saved. No, salvation comes when people hear the gospel. Now, let me just share you a couple of stories uh, one of them is about my father-in-law. My father-in-law was a very interesting man. He was uh, sort of a bit of a self-made man. He was a bit of a gruffy old fella. And uh, he didn't like me very much. He called me John the Baptist. And on the day that Jan and I are getting married and, and he and Jan are in the, uh, the car coming to the church, he says to her, it's not too late. Yeah, in other words, we can turn around and go back home. <laughs> and she said, no, Dad, this is the guy for me. And and thank goodness she said that 48 years later, we're still very, very happily married. Anyhow, so uh, her dad came to live with us just before he passed away. And so I said to, to Jan, I said to my wife, you know, we need to get your dad saved. So I said to her, uh, you know, he's your dad, so why don't you speak to him? So she sat him down and said, Dad, I want to talk to you about going to heaven. Now, his response was very interesting. He said, the best people have tried to get me to church and they've all failed and you won't get me to church. And, you know, that was really interesting. What made him say that? Well, because all that people had done was try and get him to come to church. And so over the years, he'd become very proud that no one, absolutely no one will get me to church. Well, Jan said to her dad, said to him, Dad... I don't want you to come to church. I want you to come to heaven. Do you want to go to heaven? And he immediately said, yeah, I want to go to heaven. And so Jan led him through a prayer of salvation. And that day, uh, her dad got saved. And a couple of months later, he went home to be with the Lord. And, and you know, that was a, an interesting lesson that I guess God didn't show me. This was many years ago until he started talking to me about the believer's ministry. 
And so here it is, we find out that there's a, probably a lot of people in your world just like my father-in-law. Now, you couldn't get him to come to church, but he wanted to go to heaven. Now, folks, if you can get people to church, get them to church. But, you know, I believe there's a lot of people today that have resisted going to church, but they want to go to heaven. And so we want to train people how to talk to people about going to heaven. And, you know, one of the things that we teach, and I'm teaching this to you right now, expect God to open a door that with people in your world, that a door will be open for you to share the gospel. And, and those doors can open in many different ways uh, where people are going through a difficult time in their life or maybe they're going through some financial hardship, a family hardship uh, or, or, or a healing hardship, a medical hardship. But there are ways that doors are open and what we want to be able to do is teach you how to walk through that door. Uh, you know, one of the things uh, I was, uh, Jan and I, um, uh, this last week, I think it was Friday or Saturday, uh, we go get a coffee because we can't do very much. Uh, we sit in the park up here at Belrose and uh, drink our coffee and then we go for a walk. Well, we're sitting in the car and, uh, and some people walk past. And uh, this fellow was with his wife and he started to walk past and, and he started to stumble and she grabbed him and he fell into the tree right in front of us. So I immediately jumped out of the car and said, are you okay? He said, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just, you know, just not feeling 100%. I said, can I pray for you? Well, see, a door opened. And so I prayed for him. Well, they were both Christians because I was going to then go to the next level. And what the next level would have been, I would have asked him, after I'd prayed for him or before, if you died last night in a hundred years' time, where would you go? Now, you know, there are different ways that you can approach, and this is one uh, way that we suggest, that when a door is open and you get an opportunity and you ask that question, now, interesting, what that question does, first off, it's non-threatening. Remember, we don't want to put people in a place where they feel threatened. It's non-threatening, number one. Number two, what it does is their answer will tell you what they're thinking. Now, if their thinking is, well, I'm not interested in that and I don't care and leave me alone, well, what do, I, what do you do? You don't get in an argument. You leave love behind. But that can be a, a real open door. Let me just give you another testimony. A, number of, a little while back, we got the internet changed in our home and uh, the technician came and uh, he was putting some sort of uh, uh, line or gizmo thing in the wall and he got down on his knees and as he, as he got down, he said, oh, my knees, they're so sore. They've been sore for months. Well, what did he do? He opened a door. So what I did is that I shared a testimony. I said to him, uh, and he had his back to me, but I said, my hand, see my hand here? I said, a, a few weeks ago I had pain go through my hand and I couldn't even move my hand. But I believe in prayer and I prayed and God healed my hand. Well, you remember he opened the door and so I shared a testimony. He said to me, well, my mum uh, prays and she goes to church. And I said, well, that's, that's, that's wonderful. And uh, so I, I waited till he came downstairs and I said to him, would you mind if I pray for your knees? He said, yes, that'll be fine. You'd be surprised to how many people will let you pray for them if they have pain in their body. And I said to him, 
before I pray for your knees, I've got a question that I want to ask you. And so I asked him what we call the million-dollar question. If you died last night in 100 years' time, where do, you, where do you think you'd go? And I asked him that question. He said, oh, I believe I'd go to heaven. Now, I love it when they say that because you're already on the same track. And so I said to him, well, what makes you think you'll go to heaven? Have you asked Jesus into your heart? And he said, no. I said, well, why do you think you'd go to heaven? He says, because I believe God's good and he'll never send me anywhere bad. And so what did I do? I said to him, I shared the gospel with him. You know, I, I told him that Jesus went to the cross and he paid the price for his sin. He was buried and he rose again. And the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if you will pray and ask Jesus into your heart, he'll forgive you of your sins He'll give you a brand new life. He'll put his Holy Spirit in you and help you live the rest of your life. And because number four, when you die, and remember he's already told me when he dies, he wants to go to heaven. So I said, when you die, you'll go to heaven. So I said to him, would you pray a prayer with me? And he said, yes. And uh, actually, you know, it was very interesting because he, he had a tool in his hand that he was doing to put this connection in. He put it on the ground. He had a tool belt on. He took that off and he put that on the ground. We're about to do some serious business here. And so I led him through a simple prayer of asking Jesus into his heart. And I'll, I'll never forget this because when we said amen, he said, wow. He said, well, that is so incredible. Something's just lifted off me. And, uh, you know, he said to me, He'd already told me his mum rings him up every Sunday. And, of course, what is she ringing up for? She wants him to come to church. But he wanted to go to heaven. So I, I want you to see here that you, you expect God to open a door for you to share the gospel. And when you have that opportunity, and it could be uh, in the area uh, of somebody with a particular need, uh, and, and that gives you an opportunity to share with them. So expect God to open a door. And then, as I said, there are different approaches. We just share that one. If you died last night in 100 years' time, where would you go? And that then gives them an opportunity to share with you what's on their heart. You know, let me just uh, read this from a friend that sent this to me. Uh, and uh, this is a, a friend in, in America, and said, last night, Mike came in and woke me up. This is the wife sharing this at one in the morning to tell me he had led his high school friend to Jesus. He had not spoken to him for probably 30 years, saw him on Facebook a few weeks ago, PM'd him to say hello, and they exchanged numbers. After seeing his friend's post last night that he was officially divorced, his ex-wife and kids were moving out of the country. Mike asked if he'd call him. Two-hour phone call conversation later, his friend prayed to receive Jesus. He also gave Mike the current number of another classmate and said, you need to call him too. After they had prayed, his friend said, you know what's weird? I bet in the last years I've had 20 different people talk to me about God. One was a complete stranger that stuck up, stuck up a conversation and with intel and within 10 minutes was telling me about God and his relationship with God. Now here's, an, I love this testimony because here it is, 19 people shared with this man, sowed seed. You might be number 20. 
that you're coming along and God's going to use you. You know, thank God, you know, that we can invite people to church. Thank God for evangelistic crusades. Thank God for healing meetings in our church and, and for all the things that, that, that we do. But folks, there are people in your world that are going through difficult times and maybe what they need is for someone just like you to go and to be able to share the gospel. Now, you see, when you get somebody saved, now this is, this is powerful. You know, when you get somebody saved, now God's got something to work with. You know, sometimes, you know, we, we want to get people into church. And if we can, man, get them in there. I'm a, I'm a believer in church and getting people into church. But we're not going to win the whole community by getting to a church or having an outreach. Uh, all those things are valid. We need to do every single one of them. But I believe that another area here is the believer's ministry. And when you get somebody saved, now the Spirit of God is in them. Listen, God's got something to work with. You know, uh, we were in America teaching uh, along this line a number of years ago. And afterwards, we came into the coffee shop and there was a whole group of people there and they called us over and, and thanked us for the message. And then this man said to me, he said, you know, when I got saved, I didn't go to church for five years. You know, I didn't think I needed to. And then one day, I felt I need to go to church. And he said, I was drawn into church and I started attending church and now I'm the pastor of the church. And I want you to see that if we'll get people saved, now the Spirit of God is in those people and God's got something to work with to, to take them into the area where God has called them. I shared with you last week that God sees the value of people that often we don't. So we need to be able to help people to see that God's uh, gift of salvation is available to them. It's a free gift. It cannot be earned. If it could be earned, then it wouldn't be a free give, gift. And we, we need to be able to explain to them you know, that no one deserves salvation, but God gives it anyway. We're not saved because of good works or religious tradition or baptism or church attendance. None of these things and a whole lot of lists that we can put in. No, it is uh, Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 tells us this. That's Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So we see nothing can save anybody except depending on the finished work of the cross, what Jesus did at the cross of Calvary. And again, for people to get saved, the minimum they need to hear is the gospel. Now, you know, when someone gets saved and all the other things is what we call discipling people. All the other things we need to know about God and how to walk in, in, by righteousness and by faith, all those things come after we get born again and then we start to grow in the things. And the Spirit of God is in each and every one of us to teach us. So we explain to people that it's a free gift. And, and see, you know, for God's salvation plan to be revealed, he's going to have to use people. People. And, uh, and so within the gospel, it contains the faith for people to get saved. When people get to save, it's amazing what God does. 
for by grace you are saved through faith. So God's already done the work of salvation. And when you hear the gospel, he gives you the faith to receive the gospel and to receive salvation. But Romans chapter 10 and verses 14 to 17 says this very powerfully. Romans 10, 14 to 7. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I want you to see here tonight that how are people going to hear the good news, the gospel of peace, the glad tidings of what Jesus has done at the cross of Calvary? Well, God sends people. He uses people. And, and I want you to know today that you are those people that God sends. You are that person that's going to change uh, somebody's life in your world. As a matter of fact, God has placed you there on purpose by his divine foreknowledge for you to reach out to people in your world. So as we preach the message and as people hear the gospel, then faith comes. And it's, it's really as if the words themselves are containers that carry within them the ability for people to believe. That's what happened to you. That's what happened to me. That's what happens to other people. See, when someone opens his heart to the word that he hears, then faith in those words are deposited in his heart. And so we see over in, in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, because we, we see here, now, how does somebody receive Jesus Christ as Lord? Now, over in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, it tells us this, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So this passage of scripture here presents the basics of receiving salvation. Now, folks, I want you to know tonight that receiving salvation is very simple. We don't want to make it complicated. If it gets too complicated, then it gets out beyond your ability and my ability. But here's the basics. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe, number two, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. That is the gospel. And so when you're talking to somebody, again, it's, it's just praying a simple prayer. That Jesus, I thank you right now. You forgive me of my sins. You sent your son Jesus to dry on the cross for me and that he rose again. And I ask Jesus to come into my heart and to be my Lord and my Savior. And I thank you that now I'm saved and I'm your child. And I receive it all now in Jesus' name. Amen. That is the simplicity of the gospel. 
So we need, when we're leading people into the kingdom, then it's simply praying a prayer that asks Jesus into their heart. This is really what every believer can do. Now, you know, we might be, you know, you might be in a crusade. And what is interesting, I've done crusades, is that we do the same thing. We're wanting people, when we pray, when we share, we share the gospel. Because you're in a crusade and, and you've got all different sorts of people there from different backgrounds that are not even Christians. How are you going to get them saved? Well, you need to share the gospel. And then you get them to commit by praying that prayer of salvation. You know, it, it's, it's really interesting. But when people pray that prayer, and I've seen it many times, how there's a huge change that takes place in them right there. Now, not everyone's going to have something spectacular happen, but I can tell you now there's a life-changing experience that happens when you get people to pray the prayer asking Jesus to come into their heart. And, and again, the Bible talks about confession. So we have to get them to say something. It's not mentally agreeing with the scripture that activates salvation. No, it's confessing Jesus as Lord. And when they verbalize that, then they're giving authorization, authorization for God to come and save them and put his Holy Spirit in them and give them eternal life. So it's done through a simple prayer. And you know, you don't have to get them to confess all their sins. You know, I heard one preacher say that unless they confess all their sins, they're not saved. I've heard others say, well, it's just too simple. You, you know, you're saying that's just, well, I didn't make it simple. God did. But when we get saved, that's when we start having to put the word of God into place. That's when we have to start living the, the, the God kind of life. But it happens after people get born again. So people need to open their mouth and affirm uh, what it is that they're about to do. So these basic fundamentals is what causes people to come into the kingdom of God. And you know, as you uh, step out, expect God to open a door so that uh, you will have an opportunity to share with people in your world. You know, the people in your world are people who trust you because of the relationship you already have. And it may take some time to build the opportunity to share the gospel. But just know that God is going to use you. God is going to open a door for you. And he's going to allow you to have the joy of bringing somebody in your world into the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, there's nothing more exciting. Let me just share another testimony. Uh, again, God opens doors to preach the gospel. A little while back, Jan and I, this was before COVID, of course, we were down, uh, down, at, the, down at the mall and uh, we were going to uh, get something to eat. We hadn't had lunch and it was getting late in the afternoon. And um, uh, so Jan went off. I was doing some shopping. She went off to a restaurant that we knew down there and next thing she rings me and says, oh, they're about to close. She said, I'll go to another one. She went to another one down the mall and uh, they're about to close. So we thought, well, we'll go to another place 
not far from our home. And uh, we get there about f- uh, 5 o'clock, I think, or 4.30. They said, we don't open till 5.30. Well, now it's interesting because the food chain is now diminishing quite a bit. So we thought we'd get some hamburgers and chips. Not the McDonald's style, but we went to a, to a, a hamburger place. And I let Jan out and I went and parked the car. And as I was parking the car, there were three uh, fellows outside uh, in the parking bay where I pulled up. And uh, they came up to me and, and said, well, we, we, we're just about to pack up, but now you're here. We want to sh- show you what we're doing. And they had this car product that cleaned your cars or your windows. I forget what it did now. Anyway, I, I bought some of their product. And, and so when they finished, I thought, well, you've... you've, you've You've spoken to me, I'm going to speak to you. I said, I, I want to talk to you about something. They said, what are you selling? I said, God. Ah, oh, they said. So I said, now that gentleman, I'll ask you a question. And I asked them the million dollar question. If you died last night or in a hundred years time, where would you go? And it was really interesting because one of the guys said, well, I know I'm going to go to heaven. I said, how do you know that? And he said, well, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, God raised Jesus from the dead, then you're saved. So I said, okay, you're going to heaven. What about you two? So I asked one guy and he said, well, I, I don't know uh, what will happen. Another guy thought he was good enough. So I shared the gospel with them and then I led them both through uh, the prayer of salvation. Now, here's the thing. I want you to see how God orchestrates an opportunity for you to share the gospel or pray for the sick. Not the next lesson, but the one after that, we're going to be doing uh, some teaching on how to pray for the sick. But God will orchestrate an opportunity for you to share the gospel. And so what we want to do and what we're doing, and I trust that uh, in the simplicity of this message, that we're just encouraging you, the saints of God, that you have a part to play. Yes, you're not in the fivefold ministry, but you are a believer. And as a believer, you have a very important part to play in the body of Christ, that you've been called to that place right now where there are people in your world that you can get saved. I was in America where I was teaching this particular uh, subject and that man came up to me afterwards very excited and he said, can I do this on the phone? He said, my, my father lives in Hawaii. Can I do this over the phone? I said, absolutely. You go ring your dad and invite him to heaven. I'm, I'm sure that if you'll do that, because he's probably tried to invite him to church for year after year after year and his dad didn't come. So you go and invite him to heaven. I believe that he's ready. And I believe that we're going to see so many more people in our world right now that want to go to heaven, they're ready to go. All they need is your invitation for them to go. So I'm praying and believing with you that we're going to see a great harvest of souls. Now, here's your assignment for this week. Look for that door for God to expect God to open the door. Pray and ask the Lord, open a door this week for me to share the gospel with somebody in my world or someone that comes across my path. Open a door. I'm I'm challenging you, pray and ask God to open a door. And then 
when God opens that door and you get to share the gospel and, and you get someone saved, let the pastor know. Give us a good report. You know, what was interesting about those uh, three guys down at the shopping centre, that night there was a prayer meeting at our church and I went to that. And, uh, you know, I've seen people saved all over the world. I've had the privilege of, of leading many, many people to the Lord uh, in, in crusades and different meetings we've done. But, you know, when those three men, uh, two men got saved that night, I went to that prayer meeting and, and I, I can still remember I was, I was pumped up. Man, I was pumped. And I didn't do that as a, as a five-fold ministry. I was operating as a believer. And, uh, you know, when I'm not in the pulpit and operating in my uh, five-fold ministry gift, then I, I'm operating as a believer. And, and so when I got to that prayer meeting that night, I, I was just excited and I shared with them, I said, hang on, I've got a testimony that I want to share with them. And I told them about these two young men getting saved. And, of course, they got excited. And I was all excited. And I remember as we were praying and I went over in a corner and I laughed. I said, oh, Lord, isn't it, isn't it funny? You get people saved in that believer's ministry. And it does something to stir you up and get you excited. And as I shared with you last week, all heaven rejoices. And what I want you to do is I want you to have the joy and the excitement as a believer to get people saved in your world. So pray this week. If you haven't put a list together, then go ahead and do that. And pray this week that God opens a door for you to share the gospel with someone in your world. And then you have the joy that heaven has and let us know so that we can celebrate too. So uh, God bless you. Next week, uh, we're going to uh, go on to uh, the next subject. And I'm not even sure what the next subject is. I think it is the power to be a witness. So we're going to be looking at that you have the authority and the power to, to be a witness and to share the gospel. So God bless you, and thank you very much.